0: You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore?
1: We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 115, recorded June 7th, 2021. The topic for this episode is Eliksni in the Big City. I am your host for this episode. My name is Orchid.
0: And I am Elimist.
1: Hello. Yo. Yo. Uh, I have some podcast info for you. We encourage feedback it can be sent to us on twitter at guardians underscore lore you can tweet at me at hey it's orchid you can also tweet at elemist at i underscore am underscore elemist nailed it uh you can also send us an email if twitter is not long enough for you at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com you can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast um except spotify for some reason <laughs> you know what spotify get your act together Uh, You can also find us in our Discord. There is a link to the invite in the description for this episode. Uh, You can also find us uh, on thelorenetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. We're also there. Still.
0: Yeah. They haven't gotten rid of us yet, so I mean.
1: No. I know. I'm a site admin though, so I don't think they can get rid of us because I would just add us back.
0: <laughs> if that ain't
1: abuse he, of the power. <laughs> I am uh, mad with power. It's crazy. What? Um, you? So no. I, me? Oh, uh, always. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how I'm mad with power right now. Um, hey, we are go, we're sliding straight into the toggle. What up? Um I'm going to call this a definite abuse of power, um, or I'm going to call it a victory for for people everywhere. Um, this was in the TWAB this week, and this has been a thing that we've kind of been, like, talking about over the last few weeks and has been sort of a campaign of mine. Is this a campaign? Is this what people do? Campaign for is this what a yeah. campaign is? And and oh, even nice. more than that, okay. like
0: there was an actual in-game um, screen for it.
1: Yes, there was. Um, so, if you did not hear in previous episodes, we talked about it two episodes ago. Um, was it two episodes ago? Yes. So, two episodes ago, um, in episode one thirteen, we talked about how. Um, I mentioned on Twitter and put on the Bungie forums that um, I have a big issue with photosensitivity in Destiny and other video games like um, like Cyberpunk never played it can't play it too flashy for me I have seizures so um, Destiny has gotten super flashy for me can't play some of the content like Presage I can't play it. so, and some of the seasonal content, like the um, the new seasonal content, like if it's the override mission, I can't do it when it's on the moon. I can do it when it's on Europa, and I can do it when it's on the Tangled Shore, but when it's on the moon, I can't do it. So, this coming week, I won't be able to do it. I'll just have to sit out. Cool. Um, there's also certain things, like if Gambit is in certain parts of really dark rooms and there are hive things like i can't do gambit in the dark i just i can't so neat um it it's it's since beyond light and it's just been that way and i just deal with it it's just kind of a part of life but um i don't like sitting out And I know a lot of people have also had to sit out since Beyond Light. So we put together kind of a list and put it on the Bungie forums. And it got a lot of attention. And Bungie was like, yeah, that's not cool. So they actually mentioned it um, in the TWAB this week, which was really cool. And they put up like a notification when you logged into the game. So I'm sure you saw it. So thank you, Bungie. I really appreciate that. That I uh, thank you. It makes me feel really good. Yeah. The fact that like little old me put together a thing and like it got attention and was in Game Informer and then was also again in Game Informer twice. That's really cool. <laughs> so, hooray. yeah. I'm just like blown away by all of that. I just the how much attention it's been getting and um to be more specific they are going to um i just like i need to actually pull it up now um they are um they added the in-game notice that was distributed this week they're also adding a permanent notice as part of the eula and the end user license agreement um they're also adding notices to the cell text on the online stores where the game is distributed. So when you purchase it, it's going to say like there's flashy stuff in the game just so you know. Because it never had that before. But now that enough people have said something they're like, oh, maybe we should actually tell people that it's affecting people this way. So it's really, really neat that they're saying something. Um, I really like that. And so they're actually going to pull in Um, experts and they're going to look at player reports so hopefully they'll look at mine and other comments on the store or on the budgie forums so I appreciate like I really appreciate the links that they've gone to so that's really nice definitely yeah yeah so I Tamsin would really help me she was like no you should just like she gave me a lot of encouragement. So she's... Um, if you don't know her, she's an Australian content creator. She streams on Twitch. She's very nice. Um, She'd been, like, DMing me on Twitter. And she's, like, very encouraging. She's, like, the sweetest person ever. <laughs> so she's being, like, very, very nice.
2: So she helped me a
1: lot. Um, And the... Um, destiny and community managers helped me too so they were very like nice so I appreciate them thank you they're like the the cosmos and the the deaches but you know in Australia them so thank you thank you I appreciate you Thank Uh, you so much.
0: And that's good. I mean, like you said, you had the platform, try and use it for good, and people noticed. You know, Bungie noticed.
1: It. I just. I'm still just kind of like blown away that, like, so many people, um, like, just said something and comment it and pass it around and we're like and we're serious about it and we're like no this is this is bullshit like you need help and other people were like no this is serious and like let's help you like we don't want you to sit out that was really nice and it was like the community being good and not mean
0: which so, I, mean, I really appreciated it. I love the community, it. but that is rare.
1: Yeah, it was it was great. I really appreciated it. So, yeah, so
0: I, I think the big takeaway is whenever something actually is important, the community will pull together.
1: But yeah, um, it's yeah. I just I think the community is is good innately good when they're not bitching and moaning about stasis nerfs I think they're good
0: or arguing their stances on so. future work cult.
1: yeah <laughs> you know when they're not being terrible people I think they're good so you know those things
0: <laughs> yeah just, just yeah speaking of
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um expunge mission two If you want to get into that. Um, How did you find it? Did you like it?
0: I enjoyed it, but not as much as last week. I'm big on jumping puzzles, so last week was awesome for me. It was like Whisper, but different. This week was, oh, run in, kill a bunch of ads. Okay, cool. How did you like it?
1: Um I liked it because it felt like a video game. If that does that make sense? Like
0: So it felt so more wait. Like a video so game. wait, the video game felt like a video game. Yes. Huh.
1: Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> it felt more like a video game because you had these little save points and you had to like bring the ball back to like the middle and So, you had to keep, like, I don't, it felt like an escort mission in a video game. (laughs) So, you had to, like, bring the baby back. Yeah, you had to, like, bring the baby back or, like, escort the president and, like, leave it on, like, the little, like, spot. And then I could use my sniper rifle and then just, like, snipe everything. And then, like, breach and clear is stupid, by the way. Yeah, I could just stand behind a pillar and then just like breach and clear with anarchy and then just like let that take care of it. I didn't have to do anything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like it took no effort to kill the boss at the end. Zero effort. (laughs) But I thought it was fun. I really enjoyed like the whole running around with the little ball. I thought that was a lot of fun. I had so much more fun this week than like getting lost in the jumping puzzle. I got so lost. Like, I got confused amounts of loss. Like, I, so I, confused. I can
0: understand that.
1: I have a bad sense of direction, okay? Like, I, like, in the actual Whisper mission, I didn't get lost because it was like, as confusing as it was, the number of times you ran it, you like learned it. And then you like knew the jumping puzzle. You know, and it was like fairly every not, not everything looked the same. Like you could tell where you were going. Right. In this, everything looks the same. I'm like where am I supposed to go next? I don't know. It all looks the same. It's all like a teal pink nightmare.
0: Right, and I and, mean, like
1: it's my like colored nightmare. Like I like it. Like the aesthetic is pretty, but I can't. I don't know where I'm going.
0: And and like that's why I'm saying like I can understand that because the first, yeah, about the first one or two times through, I was lost. Um, hell, I got stuck in that that infinite loop, like twice and then it was like all right do not go right
1: yeah i um i have learned now at the beginning like which way to go um because i did make the mistake of doing the loop a couple of times Mm -hmm. after getting lost and like i did uh, i did realize what i had done the mistake was made (laughs) It's like I've seen this hallway before a number of times.
0: (laughs) This fork looks familiar. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But
1: um, yeah, I mean it's kind of fun. I'm excited to see the new one. I think there's another one next week. Because I think we have three different ones.
0: There's going to be seven.
1: There's seven different ones. Oh my god.
0: There is a triumph. Three. No, there is a Triumph that says go do all seven missions. Oh, my God. Uh, so are they
1: on? Are Can we still go back and do the other one? Is that still there?
0: I don't know. It should be. But I don't know.
1: I never checked because I've been doing this one and having fun with it. So I haven't gone to check if the other one is still there or not. Oh, I feel dumb now. Right.
0: I, I do, too.
1: Oh. oh, this is what I get for, like, not preparing before we do episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the actual Triumph is called Marked for Deletion, Complete All Expunge Missions. I am currently sitting at two out of seven. Huh. So.
1: Interesting. We're going to
0: have seven of these. Um. My big thing is going to be the fact that, like, yeah, there's there's going to be seven of them, but how many are going to have repeating mechanics? Or how many are going to have new mechanics that we're going to have to learn? Because, like, the the checkpoint ball mechanic, that was completely new. I mean, we've had balls before, but not with checkpoints and a timer. So I'm excited to see what, what's in store for us.
1: I can't wait until next week. If now if there's seven. I'm just like. Right. I'm. I'm excited.
0: Right. And I think the most difficult one. Is going to be expunged Delphi. Because there are two triumphs. Tied to it. One for doing it without dying. And one for doing it solo without dying. So I'm excited to see When that's going to show up.
1: I know um, the things that keep killing me are like the spinny around like laser beams and like jumping on like the, like the man cannons.
0: I can't tell you how many times I've died because a man cannon doesn't work or it pulls me in to the point that like my bones are crushed. <laughs> like what the fuck? There, there was one time that a man cannon actually pulled me in and I was at, like, 5% health. I ended up getting sniped in the air from a harpy. And I'm sitting there going, there goes my flawless run. <laughs> but the I mission... I
1: think the flawless is going to be the hardest one out of all of it, I think. Right. Um, so... Apparently, there have been a lot of um, Vault of Glass updates that people are not entirely happy about. Um, since you are the resident raid expert, and I've done Vault once since it's come out again because I'm not a raid person, do you want to go through them?
0: Yeah. So, since I've yeah. gotten about a dozen completions, um, all the cheeses. So, like. Uh,
1: I've called it. Dairy-free.
0: So, like, killing Atheon by tethering him to a supplicant that explodes, Um, going into Venus, you know, spawning into Venus to kill Atheon before the encounter starts, Um, using Prometheus Lens to bring down minotaur shields. All gone. Those are all gone. I'm personally kind of happy about it. Because, like, it is a fun raid. And cheesing it just cheapens it.
1: It's my favorite raid, and it, it totally defeats the purpose if you're just, like, cheesing it. Because it has good mechanics for as old as it is. You know? And I think they've improved it with the new mechanics. They have. Like they they've really brought it into d2 with with how they've changed it i'd hate to say they've spruced it up like is that like how you it makes it sound well, like, like it's dusty because it's not it's a great raid
0: uh, well i mean it it was dusty the last time a lot of people really dove into it was 4 years ago so yeah and that was with Age of Triumph. So I I would I would say spruced it up and a lot of the changes that they made are actually really unique. And I like that. Yeah, they are pretty unique.
1: Um, but I think some of the changes um, that they made are really good and it's unfortunate that a lot of the cheeses really kind of defeated the purpose.
0: Yeah. They did. Because like the, the Prometheus lens one, I mean, it, there was no reason to actually take the relic into whatever portal had the actual Prometheus lens. And that bypasses a major mechanic for the encounter. So yeah, I'm good with that, that change. And the other two were literally just cheeses to kill Atheon as quick as possible. So, yeah. I'm I'm not afraid to say that I am glad they patched them.
1: Yeah. Um I did think they were kind of clever cheeses. Not the not the Venus cheese that was dumb, but being able to um to tether to tether um, Atheon and together. a supplicant. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. pretty I thought that was pretty clever actually to make it explode and just like one-hit kill Athea. That was pretty funny. Right? Like that's pretty good. Like I I'll, I'll give them that. That's pretty great.
0: And like so I'm wondering what went through the minds of the people who first discovered that. <laughs> Where it's literally just Atheon's at full health and then he dies. And you're just sitting there going, What?
1: <laughs> Let's see. Um, other things that happened in this TWAB, um, iron banner weapons are now back in the loot pool. So woo. Um, I do know one of my friends turned in like most of their tokens trying to get um the shotgun. And then it came out that like a couple hours later that the shotgun's not in the loot pool. And he's like, but all my tokens. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so um Shotgun's back in the loophole.
0: Sounds to me like somebody so, no. needs to go grind. Grind. Needs uh, to go grind tokens. Iron
1: Banner. Or you could be like me and never turn your tokens in. I have like 7,000 tokens.
0: I've got about 1,800.
1: Hmm. I never turned my tokens in. I'm sitting on, like, a veritable pile of tokens. And that's just how it's always been for me. I just never turned my tokens in. Ever. Ever, ever. Until they're like, your tokens are going to expire. Then I'm like, oh, I guess I should turn in these 40,000 Crucible tokens. (laughs) Cool.
0: Oh, my God, right? Eight hours later.
1: (laughs) That was the most painful experience of my life.
0: (laughs) If if you were even able to go Ah! that quick, like... I was still on last gen. I, did. I turned that them all point. in.
1: I I did it on PC, but I was watching Netflix at the same time, so it wasn't that it wasn't that bad. Like I was watching other stuff and doing other things. So, but oh my god, it was very painful. Um. Oh, so the most important thing that happened this week—the cool cutscene. Yes. Um, that we got from this week's mission that everyone is talking about. Um, I love Bungie's style of doing like pen and ink style uh, art, and it's been a favorite of mine since d1 Oh I like,
0: I love them too like
1: I love them so much
0: It's a it's a really nice way to it. actually like, Get a cutscene out, yeah, and make it feel classy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like they don't even have to do deal with three D animation or anything; it's all two D animation. Um, it's those cutscenes are are some of my favorite, and this one in particular is my absolute favorite cutscene out of any Destiny expansion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: oh my god
1: yeah it's we were talking about it last week about um, do you want to go more into the like your the the whole feeling of like how we we become the monsters
0: yeah so I mean a lot of it is the fact that we've torn at the Elixni for ages. Um, you know, they were the, the nightmares fuel for the civilians and, you know, mankind for decades, centuries. And then guardians come along and actually, you know, start fighting back and hunting down Elixni, In fact, um, so, the cutscene, it literally talks about Saint 14 himself being the nightmare fuel of the Elixir. And it, it's, I keep coming back to that, that novel, I Am Legend. At the very end, he realizes that the things he feared now fear him. And that's what the cutscene was about. It was Mithrax telling Saint that you know f- this is the myth or the the legend of the Saint. You know, you are the nightmares that my people have, and now we have to look at you every day. Right. Like it's. Could, it's... Like, could you just imagine? Yeah. You know the the. You literally see a, a serial killer every day. You know somebody who's who's actually killed a lot of your your people. Just every day, it's gonna wear. I mean, on it's you. the
1: same thing. Like, yeah, it's we we become like the demons in each other's stories, and you don't know what's true and what isn't anymore and it's you you tell these these horrific tales to each other and it's all a matter of perspective and saint was trying to protect us the guardians and the humans in our settlements and they were trying to you know get their traveler back or their great machine and they were chasing it they were doing what they could to survive and you know, not that I agree with what they were doing. Right. But
0: I don't either. But I kind of feel bad for them at this point because we've ruined their entire society and their their people. Yeah. But as Saint says in one of the override missions, you know, we didn't go to Rees and attack them. They came to Earth and attacked us.
1: Right. And I think that's an important distinction to make. But I think the cutscene was really cool. Um, it's on YouTube if you want to go back and watch it again, which I've done a couple of times.
0: I've gone on YouTube just, and actually it's... saved it.
1: Did you? Oh, God, like 200 IQ big brain. Like, <laughs> smart.
0: Like I said, my favorite cutscene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I it was it's just so good. I I can't get I can't get over it. I I really hope that we get another one before the end of the season. And if not, like I think this is what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the season. It really kind of set the tone uh for I don't know. It was it was something to talk about. In the lore of this season, in the story of the season, has been really like emotionally charged. Yeah. And that definitely kind of just threw gasoline on the fire.
0: It really so. did. It yep. really did. So all I can really say is, even if people have opposing views on all this try and and remember that yeah the conversations are probably going to get political but Mm -hmm. be polite be you know courteous of each other you know it's better to have intelligent discussions or you know intelligent intelligent debates than to boil it down to you know an argument on the internet because Then it just feels like you're a bunch of 12 year olds who just got a computer.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, Is there anything else I missed?
0: No, that was everything on the show notes.
1: Nice. How about we go into a Lore Network ad? Sure.
2: Woo. The Lore Network. Hey guys, it's Green from Focus Fire Chat. Have you guys ever wanted to listen to just the lore? Like, spend a few minutes consuming the lore in an audio format? Well, my new podcast, Destiny Lore Audiophile, does just that. Destiny Lore Audiophile is a podcast where the lore of Destiny is recorded and presented in an audiobook format. No commentary, just pure, sweet lore. Episodes will be about 30 minutes long and released every Thursday. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean and iTunes at Destiny Lore Audiophile, where the audiophile has a PH instead of an F. Readings of the Singular Exeget, Mara Books of Sorrow, and more are already queued up and ready to drop. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single performance of Destiny Lore Audiophile. See you there. Man, that was good, Lord Network ad.
0: Yeah, it's got me feeling all tingly.
1: Oh God, you sit <laughs> on your leg.
0: <laughs> sure, my you leg. Should get
1: that checked out by a doctor. Oh, oh God, you sit on your dick.
0: I that neither confirm nor deny that.
1: <laughs> oh okay.
0: Let's just move on.
1: Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're doing something a little bit different this week. Um, we have chosen, uh, we pulled together a bunch of lore tabs from various weapons and cosmetics from season of the splicer that tell a story about Eliksni in the city. Um, because the last couple of entries are a story and kind of somber, we wanted to add a few entries to lift your spirits first. So. Elmist, would you like to take it away?
0: Yeah, and I'll start with uh, a little bit of borrowed time. The flavor text is, Give a little, but take a little more. The Drifter The Drifter smelled trouble the moment he entered the bar. His first instinct was to turn around and leave, but he noticed the hooded figure standing nervously nearby, conspicuously inconspicuous. Their hooded cloak was pulled low over their face, but they leaned to the side, intent on catching every angry shout from the crowd of locals in the corner. Tell What's-His-Name to take it easy, Drifter grumbled as he walked by. I'll handle this. Take it easy, parodied a polite voice from somewhere under the figure's cloak. I heard him sighed the figure, but there was relief in his voice. As Drifter pushed into the crowd, he noted who was armed, who was shouting, and who was doing both. Most seemed to fit into the final category. He smiled. History had taught him the quiet ones were always the most dangerous. He reached the center of the tight knot and found three Eliksnis sitting at a table, trying to ignore the crowd around them. Undaunted, he pushed his way onto the chair arm of the biggest elixir like a feral cat. The elixney growled, but Drifter tossed trust into the center of the table with a heavy thud. Drifter turned toward the crowd. What's got you fine folk all riled up tonight? Take you don't listen to the radio much, someone said, and the crowd laughed. Places I like." tend to have bad reception drifter replied tell me what i missed the group all spoke at once a cacophony of accusations whoa cried the drifter seems like some of you've been spending too much time staring at that fake night he turned to the el- elixir now somewhere in this commotion i think i heard shouting of missing equipment So, I've got to ask, he said. You fellas been taking what don't belong to you? The big Eliksni spoke. His voice was deep and steady. We had confusions with your people. Where was self-supply and where was all supply? He shrugged. We learned and we compensated. Drifter nodded. Makes sense for settling into a new place. Ain't a soul here who hasn't checked their neighbor's tool shed for spare SMG parts. A voice spoke. Hey, I'm missing an SMG. But Drifter held up a hand. And I don't want to hear they caught any blame for the big night. I swear, it's like some folks' brains just wilt in the dark. I know Mithrax is working with Vanguard to figure out this whole Vex thing, he said. The Eliksni seemed to relax a bit, but Drifter held up a finger. I do have one question of my own, he said. We've been fighting for a long time, your folk and mine. That's no secret. Plenty of blood spilled on both sides over the years. But I hear stories. Some of you fellows from the old days caught the hunger. The big Eliksni shifted tensely in his seat as the crowd pressed in. Drifter leaned in closer, his voice gravelly. Nasty rumor even says you guys chomped on the occasional toddler. The Eliksni pushed his chair back and lunged to his feet as the crowd gasped. Drifter stood his ground, somehow staring down the Eliksni that was a full meter taller than him. Never you're young, the Eliksni boomed. Never! Drifter nodded. But the rest? The elixir looked at the crowd, then brought his massive head close to Drifter. His voice was steady. We old ones? We who have been fighting since the beginning? Yes. We sometimes took your dead fighters so that we could live. It was war, he said, and poked at Drifter's chest with a clawed finger. And you are made of meat. Drifter smiled. I hear you, brother, he said, and looked at the elixir's claw. Hell, you point that thing at me? All I can think is how good it'd taste with garlic butter. Mm-mm. He leaned toward the looming creature and ran his tongue over his chapped lips. The elixir sized up the tiny man, then dropped his shoulders. But as I say, that was long ago, he said. We are house light now, and forevermore. We have peace with your people. Drifter reached up and patted the Eliksni's chest. That's right, he said, and the Eliksni sat down. And though it don't erase the bad old days, he said as he turned to the crowd, that don't mean it's time to bring him back. A dissatisfied crumble rose from the crowd. The fight had gone out of them. The Eliksni shrugged. Miss Rax says we are never to eat people again, he said quietly. Drifter nodded. Yeah, Zavala tells me the same damn thing. The elixney burst into coughing laughter. The Drifter laughed back, picked up his gun from the table, and waved the crowd away as he pulled over an empty seat. Now make room, he said. These fellas were just about to lose at cards.
1: That's so great. <laughs> I fucking love this one.
0: Oh, man. I love it because he diffuses the situation by asking, hey, how do we taste?
1: (laughs) It's, um, I do like it. And, um, it's, it's totally the kind of thing he would do. Also, it's so on brand for the Drifter. I. It's. I mean, how it, I mean, how I, I'm like just, I'm speechless because it's, it's just so incredibly 100% the Drifter. Like, whoever writes the character of the Drifter just knows him inside and out, like, so well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm almost convinced that the Drifter's personality is somebody who is on the writing team. And they just say, hey, go write something about yourself.
1: Oh, my God. Because
0: they because whoever writes for the drifter gets the personality just right. Every single time.
1: It's it's just so incredibly um, it could have been such a bad situation. And he diffuses it so well. He did yeah
0: like he diffused it extremely well it, to the point that like halfway through their actual talk, everybody just lost that that initial spark of anger, yeah, and that is just amazing
1: mm-hmm. also it's um it's a good s m g too.
0: I haven't used it yet.
1: I like it. I'm a huge like SMG person. I didn't realize you could like look on your little stat thing, like in your triumphs, and see like how many kills you get with each kind of weapon. Oh yeah, because, because I'm an idiot, so. And like my SMG kills are just like three times the number of every other weapon that I use. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I can understand that, it, like especially with the fact that you do a lot of PvP. Yeah, I can totally understand that.
1: Yeah, but uh, this is um, this is a really cute card. I like it a lot. It could it could have turned out really wrong, and it didn't. It's still a little dark. This entire season is dark. Like, my goodness. So for me to say this card is cute is, uh.
0: right. Like it is not yeah. a a cute card. It's funny. Yeah.
1: It's funny. Yeah. I should I should re- and say that it's not cute. It's just like. Uh. Well, and, and for the season it's cute, but the season is dark as fuck.
0: It, right. When you compare yeah. this entry with the rest of the season, like Yes. Sure, this is cute. Yeah. Um but like this is more of just Gallows humor and that is on brand for Drifter.
1: Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, for how dark things have gotten, both literally and figuratively, like a lot more people have adopted gallows humor in game. Yeah. And that's actually kind of um, that's something a lot of people have anyway in Destiny. And I don't know if it's a part of the nature of being a guardian because you're already dead. Well,
0: it could you be just that. just die
1: a lot anyway.
0: Well, like, it, it could be that. It could be the fact that, you know, guardians throw their bodies at the, a, a problem. So, you know, death is a regular thing for them. Or it could also be the fact that, you know, mankind is limited down to just one last city on Earth. I mean, yeah, there's the, the reef with the Awoken, but right for the most part, mankind is the last city
1: right um so the next card we have um is the Reese racer and it is the sparrow and the flavor text reads no this one goes here that one goes there amanda holiday Amanda Holiday sat cross-legged on the floor of the hangar, hands propped on her knees and elbows bent as she leaned forward. Showering sparks rained down on her clothes and bare arms, mutedly reflected in her welding goggles. The prickling sensation of the sparks on her skin was comforting, familiar. So too was the half-finished sparrow refit her new assistant was working on. But the assistant? That was taking some getting used to. I don't know why this is so surprising, Amanda said as she looked over the Elixney vandal working a pair of arc welders held in four hands. She laughed to herself, rubbing her cheek as a spark bounced off it. Always wondered how y'all built stuff so fast. The Elixney engineer, Neek, winked three eyes in Amanda's direction before returning her attention to the welding work. Easier see, too. No eye shields neek explained with a smile elixney eye is quick better than human then quieter not as much as before home but what do you mean amanda wondered neek stopped welding set her tools down and reclined back with two hands on the concrete floor and two folded in her lap she looked up at the ceiling and sighed a faint ether mist Story lives greater than now, true selves, Neek explained, then looked sidelong at Amanda. We all lost purpose after. Neek carefully considered the proper human words. Our golden age. It was Amanda's turn to sigh, more so in regret than Neek's sigh of patience. You ever ridden a sparrow before? She asked in an attempt to change the tone of the conversation. She hadn't considered the question before asking it. Neek shook her head and focused her attention on the half-finished machine in front of her. Too small, she said with a shrug of her upper shoulders. Pike's stronger, but quick run. Amanda couldn't help but laugh at that, (laughs) darling, she said through the laughter. Ain't no pike faster than my sparrow. Neek's eyes lit up and she sat forward at the perceived challenge. Amanda remembered the last radio conversation she had with Crow. In the phrase he used, a friendly challenge. Her pronunciation was not quite right, but the intention was. Neek delighted at the interaction. Your boasts are hello, Hull, Neek said with a growl of laughter and clambered up onto one knee. Amanda's eyes widened for just a moment when it looked like Neek was going to pounce on her, as if she had somehow said the wrong phrase or challenged the Vandal to a duel. No weapons were drawn, however. Instead, Neek offered two hands to help Amanda up from the floor. She pulled her up with ease. Are we going to race? She asked with a nervous flutter of laughter and crooked smile. Neek nodded enthusiastically. Yes, race.
0: See, now this one actually is cute. It is cute. Um, I like it. So we see an Eliksni named Neek and Amanda actually getting along. Like, Yeah. So not all humans are horrible to Eliksni.
1: No. This is such a change from Amanda at the beginning and how many problems she'd had with the Eliksni. Um, right. Because everyone had complained about, like, oh, she's so racist. and But, I mean, she's obviously just, she's fine.
0: And, and like, I'm wondering how much of that initially was because the Vanguard said, play nice. Right. And, and like, over time, I know Amanda would be like, oh, this neat girl's not that bad.
1: I, um, I really like this story. I think it's really cute. Yeah. And I like your boasts are hollow hole. How it's like a ship reference.
0: Neek literally just said, Your bragging is bullshit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your bragging sucks. (laughs) Get good. (laughs) It's very funny.
0: So, do we want to dive into the actual story? For the elixir, Yes. And that starts with the weapon Chroma Rush. It's an auto rifle. (gasps) This is
1: my favorite auto rifle.
0: It's so good.
1: From this season. It's so good. Like, it's so good. (laughs) Sorry, I'll let you read it.
0: (laughs) The flavor text says, Drink from the data stream. And the lore tab reads, Elixne awkwardly shouldered its way onto the empty stool at the ramen shop and rested its four elbows on the bar. Maurice looked up over the huge pot of broth and, thinking a titan in one of their ridiculous helmets had arrived for lunch, called out, It wasn't until he absently stepped into the bar that he realized who his customer was. Metal plating covered the creature's forehead and the side of its face ending in a nozzle that hissed a stream of bluish mist. A half-hazard collision of heavy canvas and metallic weave draped over its shoulders. A vanguard lanyard dangled absurdly from its neck. It was small for an elixir, but its angular head still towered above Maurice as it hunched over the bar. Four blue eyes looked back at him from above a lipless mouth, it opened, revealing rows of thin, sharp teeth. One item ramen soup, the Eliksni croaked stiltedly. Please. Maurice held his breath, tightened his grip on his pencil, and grinned. He grinned when he was nervous, and this seemed like as good a time as any. The Eliksni grinned back, nodded, and then opened its horrible mouth again. I smelled it. And the smell was good, it said. Maurice scanned the bar. His other customers sat frozen, their bowls of ramen steaming silently in front of them. He realized his mouth had apparently decided to talk on its own, as if nothing were wrong. He heard himself ask, How spicy? Zero to five stars. The Eliksni had anticipated this question. Spicy! Five stars, it said, holding up one hand with three claws splayed and another with two. May I receive additional dead flesh, please? You got it, Maurice said, his even voice betraying none of his tension, and he turned back to the bubbling pot of broth. Muscle memory took over, and he soon found himself placing a steaming bowl of ramen in front of the creature, who clucked cheerfully. Maurice took half a step back. A small crowd was forming in the walkway in front of the restaurant. Some of the customers leaned in as their curiosity overcame their terror. Maurice noticed the woman in seat two needed more water, but it could wait. The Elixir raised its arms tentatively, then looked to Maurice again. What is the protocol? Maurice found himself unsure of which pair of the Eliksni's eyes to look into, and focused on the ramen instead. Well, you eat the noodles, and pork, and egg with egg, repeated the Elixne, enjoying the unfamiliar word. Yeah, egg. You eat all that with the chopsticks. And you get the broth with the spoon. Maurice saw how the Elixne's claws dwarfed the ceramic spoon. Or you can just lift the whole bowl and drink it. Maurice mimed lifting a bowl to his lips. The Eliksni nodded. Its claws tapped the metal on its face, and the hissing blue mist ceased. The Eliksni held the chopsticks, tested their weight, and respectfully placed them back on the bar before bringing the bowl to its mouth with its upper arms. Above the ramen bowl, Maurice saw all four of the Eliksni's eyes close. A long moment of tension fell over the shop, silence broken only by a staccato series of hissing slurps. Finally, the Eliksni lowered the empty bowl. It breathed in as the blue mist resumed its thin spray. It looked toward Maurice. I tasted all of it, it said with deep satisfaction. I am very thankful. Maurice's grin turned into a tentative smile. Glad you enjoyed it. The Elixir stood and held out what looked like a small model of the traveler. It glowed as it floated in the Elixir's palm. Compensation, it said. Maurice reached to take the treasure, then drew his hand back. For new customers, there is no charge, he said. No compensation. Thank you for coming in. The elixir cocked its head, then clucked, and the model vanished beneath the folds of its cloak. It smiled at Maurice. You, it said, then cleared its throat with a rumble. You are a... And the five spirited words that followed were replete with hard consonants. In the confused silence that followed, the Eliksni nodded graciously, then walked through the crowd outside and deeper into the city.
1: Womp womp.
0: Yeah. That's
1: that good. Amanda, why are you teaching him bad words? But for people who don't know this um the selection was just said five very not nice words um, to Maurice, the very nice ramen man. And this was a very nice one until he swore at him. It's very bad. But like, how and was he
0: supposed to know? He didn't.
1: He didn't. I and mean, that's what happens when, you know, you teach him bad words and say it means one thing when that's not what it meant. Yeah. So the Elixney talks about how he knows five spirited words that Amanda teaches him, and we know that from we haven't really talked about the um the lore book beneath the endless night because we've been trying to avoid spoilers at all costs because we haven't wanted to spoil anybody because it's kind of the big main lore book of the season. But in the week three or the third part of the lore book uh, called gifts from the shore, um, Amanda does in fact teach this particular elixir, um five very charged words. Um, and I'm going to read this one small excerpt from this book. And this doesn't actually spoil anything for the story, but this does go with this with this lore card. So Amanda turned back to the elixir. It ain't exactly right, but you speak our language pretty well, she said. Thank you, answered the Eliksni, clearly eager for conversation. Do all humans here serve spider-kel? Serve spider, Amanda spat. Spider's nothing but a. And the five spirited words that followed were replete with hard consonants. The Elixir froze, wary of her tone while not understanding her words. Amanda caught herself and took a breath. Which is our way of saying he's a kind and generous individual. She said to the elixirny, who nodded along with her. So she and, um
0: And it's it's a repeat of exact wording. You know, and the five spirited mm-hmm. words that followed were replete with hard consonants. Right. So that's So this
1: this is definitely yeah.
0: So that's how you know it was exactly what Amanda yes. taught him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what kind of um, tricks you into, into knowing that it is exactly the same. Yeah. So the this poor Maurice in the ramen shop um, did nothing but you know give him free ramen and was being you know. A nice, generous person of the city, because this poor Alexei was trying to be nice, but Amanda taught him that you know, oh, these five very foul words. She probably just said "cunt" a bunch. Um, probably I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever people say.
0: Uh, All we know is it was five Um, spirited words that followed, were replete with hard consonants.
1: Hard consonants, and um, that's that's what she ended up saying, and he repeated after her because she said that they were um, our way of saying he's a kind and generous individual. So he thought he was saying something very kind and generous, and instead said very ni- not kind and generous things. So you know,
0: right? Not and, and like- good. It's not his fault, or her fault. It really. I don't isn't. even know if the yeah. has a gender.
1: Yeah, we don't know yet. But like, I think it's a him, but we don't know yet. Reading this, but like, I think it's a him.
0: It wasn't its fault. Yeah. Exactly. It was just doing what it learned was, you know, trying yeah. to be nice, which yeah. turns out wasn't.
1: <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Lars fault.
0: It's like if you're teaching a 4-year-old, you know, words and they pick up on the wrong words. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. So you want to continue on?
1: I would love to. Um this story continues on the Shotgun Walker, which you can get from Iron Banner. The flavor text reads, No, I will not allow Fallen to fight in the banner. That right is reserved for Guardians alone. But if you insist, I may allow a Guardian to carry a Fallen forged weapon into battle. You are a weaponsmith, are you not? Lord Saladin to an unknown elixir. A hurled bottle strikes Nalik's knee in the head, sending him staggering to the side in a crowded street. Glass glitters on the ground. People gathered in a semicircle around him shout invectives and slurs as he bleeds midnight blue from a deep cut in his brow. He has nowhere to run, cornered it between a neon lit club pulsing with the bass beats of rhythmic music and an alley blocked off by rubble left over from the Red War. Please, no harm, Vrix's friend, he cries, two hands clutching his head. Another held out flat as if it would ward the crowd off, looking for brother, missing, please. The crowd does not care, and they continue to work themselves up into a fervor. Lakshmi II's words fill their mouths, many of them too young or too naive to realize it. Vrixis can't understand so many unfamiliar languages shouted at him at once, but he understands the tone of violence well. His posture says everything. The fear in his eyes carries additional nuance. He fears what happened to his brother. Hate begins to take root in his heart. A foundry worker steps out of the crowd, threateningly racking around into a shotgun. He aims down at the Eliksni, hands trembling. You want to ask about family? The human yells. Vrixus does not know what he's talking about. Your people kidnapped my sister. She was running supplies from Earth to Titan. You raided it. Vrixus does not. He is cut off by a blast from the shotgun that pulverizes the street beside him. Vrixus crumples to his knees and cowers. Please. He says and in the same motion picks up a broken piece of the bottle he'd been hit with earlier to defend himself the crowd screams in outrage when the foundry worker advances on frixus and racks another round into the shotgun there is a sudden cold snap that fills the air with a mist the shotgun flash freezes shatters like glass and scatters into pieces of blue black stasis The worker recoils, clutching his half-frozen arm, screaming. Phrixis sees the crowd part behind his attacker, and a hunter clad in black and gold with luminous markings on her armor strides towards them both. Darkness coalesces around her hand. Stasis crystals drift like tiny moons around her. That's enough, Aisha shouts. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. Look at you. Aisha grabs the injured foundry worker by the collar with her free hand and shoves him back into the crowd. Clear out of here before I clear you out now. Wind swirls around Aisha's feet, kicking up crystalline debris in whirling threads of darkness. The crowd recedes like a violent tide, some tripping over others in their haste to flee. As the crowd disperses, Aisha dismisses the sickle of stasis and the swirling wind at her feet fades as well. She turns, looking at Vrixis and offers a hand out to him. I'm sorry, she says with a tightness in her voice. He cannot see her expression behind the facade of her helmet. Vrixis does not take the offered hand. His eyes show the same fear, the same hate. It's okay, Aisha says slowly, offering her hand again. You're safe now. They're not safe. Vrixis snaps at Aisha, his eyes dipping down to her hand and then back up to her helm. You are just like Aramis, mind poisoned. Aisha's breath hitches in the back of her throat and she slowly lowers the offered hand, closing gloved fingers into a bravely formed fist. You're hurt. At least let me escort you to a medical. Her voice trails off. Vrixis is already backing down an alley, blue eyes locked on her she feels a weight on her shoulders in her heart. The Elixir disappears into the shadows, leaving Aisha alone under an endless night's sky.
0: We are seeing essentially like a lot of the, the civilian side of it on, on both sides. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the city civilians and the Elixir civilians. Um, we see that Vrixis is just looking for his brother and city civilians are ganging up on him. A hunter comes out of nowhere, uses stasis to essentially threaten and get everybody to back down. The crowd disperses and Vrixis sees that the hunter used stasis and knows that Aramis used thesis, so the hunter probably mm-hmm. suffers from the same delusions and everything that Aramis suffered from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a sad entry.
1: It's really sad. It's sad that you see people's preconceived notions about each other.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's um, it's. Depressing. And you see their desperation in their eyes too. And in their actions. Yeah. I mean, like the entry kind of speaks for itself. Like you just you kind of you feel their pain and their agony.
0: On both sides. Like. On all three sides. Even Aisha.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, you try and do something good. But because you're wielding something that is not good,
1: yeah, people still or what's fear considered you. not good,
0: yeah, yeah. Should I continue on? Yeah. And this is the final entry for the night, and that is shattered cipher. Uh, if I remember correctly, this is the machine gun. Yep. Yeah. So it doesn't get a whole lot of use for me.
1: I kind of like it. I have machine guns that have better range, but um, it's not bad.
0: I've got better machine guns that get better damage just better. per bullet.
1: Yeah, It's a faster machine gun, and I know you don't like those.
0: I don't have a problem with faster machine guns if they can actually do damage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This one takes an entire magazine to True. kill something
1: yeah it's kind of a waste of it needs to be buffed or something it's it's kind of a waste of heavy yeah like and it's reserves are kind of terrible yeah like there are better options out there like the vanguard one what's that one called I don't Um, I don't know what that one is but that one's better Anyway. Anyway.
0: So, this is Shattered Cipher. It's the machine gun, and the flavor text reads, All doors open before you. The lore tab reads, Helena looked suspiciously at the broken windows in the abandoned building and checked her datapad coordinates again. She'd never been to this corner of the city before. Mom? She called doubtfully hearing her voice echo in the empty space. Back here, answered her mother, and Helena's stomach dropped. She pulled open a rusty door and found her mother in a low concrete room, frantically packing the contents of a long table into duffel bags. Along the far wall, another woman was balling up a plastic tarp. The room smelled like chemicals. A man shouldering a large black bag pushed his way past her in a cloud of cologne, alcohol, and sour sweat. Helena noticed a small signal jammer blinking orange on the table. Behind it, an exo was waist-deep in a rebar-lined fracture in the floor. Tight fit, he grunted as he wriggled his way deeper into the gap but I'm guessing he didn't get far. I'll find him. He vanished into the hole. What's going on? Helena asked. Don't ask questions, her mother said as she shrugged a damp strand of blonde hair out of her face. We need to get moving. She nodded toward the far corner of the room. You take that pile. Helena crossed her arms warily. Mom, what are you doing out here? I don't have time to talk about this now. Her mother snapped. You don't know what's going on. You didn't see them looking through the windows. You didn't hear what this one said in the ramen shop. For the first time, her mother looked up. Dangerous intensity burned in her eyes. They're using the dark to blind us, and we're not going to let it happen. Now help me. Helena walked slowly to the trash piled in the corner. Towels soaked with blue fluid. Rubbery tubes. Strange scraps of metal. A laminated card that read temporary. Her voice was small. Mama, what did you do? Oh no. That reads like something straight out of Saw.
1: Yeah. So the laminated card, the red temporary, is a reference to the card that the elixir gets if you read um, if you read beneath an endless night.
0: Gifts from the shore. That's it was actually referenced uh, in
1: that one. Yeah, was it gifts from the shore? Yeah, so he he gets that card. That's his his vanguard card that he gets. So, um. Yeah, that's uh, it sounds like she was doing lots of torture. Um that's not really a thing you should be doing. Um
0: to me it didn't wow. sound like torture itself. It sounded like they were
1: experimenting on them.
0: Um making them easier for transport.
1: That... Oh I'm sorry. What?
0: Do I need to clarify hacking him apart? Yeah. Yeah, because the they laid a tarp out. Um, uh-huh.
1: The They're room, the real Dexter thing.
0: The room smelled like chemicals. Hmm. Like that's where my mind went. It was just.
1: But he said, "I'm guessing he didn't get far. I'll find him." Like.
0: Right. But. There was a man shouldering a large black bag. So they got part of him.
1: Uh, See, when I read this, I figured they were trying to get, like, information out of him. And, like, were trying to, like, find out more from him. Because, like, why would you just kill him? When you could get information out of him. And then, like... Kill all of them. And, and
0: see, I'm looking at this as these people are not thinking rationally. Oh. I mean, they they specifically said, you know, uh, you don't know what's going on. You didn't see them looking through the windows. You didn't hear what this one said in the ramen shop. That's all just emotionally charged.
1: That's true.
0: So they're not in a logical mindset. They're not worried about information. They just wanna make this poor Elixney pay.
1: Yeah, I guess I since I'm not there and I don't understand their paranoia, I am not seeing it from that perspective. I don't know. If I was gonna do like a murder, like a like a, a Dexter type murder, because that's what this is starting to sound like Right. Jesus wept. <laughs> like, right. I figured they were like torturing him for information is like how I had read it for like the longest time. Cause so I was like, oh, you have implement you have implements and like rubbery tubes and shit. And and So I figured they had like
0: And see I read it as yeah. they just wanted to make him pay. <laughs> they wanted to to instill oh. as much pain as possible. Which is why they were Loading up bits of him into black bags.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness.
0: It's rough. It is rough.
1: Uh, This this is just another in the long line of Bungie. What the fuck?
0: (laughs) Bungie, are you okay? We've gone way past
1: Bungie. We've gone way past Bungie. Are you okay? Because you clearly are not. (laughs) So...
0: I mean, with what happened do to Crow to... and
1: <laughs> Bungie, do I need to call somebody and come check on you now? Because like, <laughs> it's been eighteen months or something, and, and since we've all been in our houses, I know you're finally going back to the office soon, maybe.
0: <laughs> and like,
1: possibly,
0: this is why we we front loaded a bunch of joyful stuff.
1: Oh, man.
0: Because.
1: I feel like we needed to end on something joyful. (laughs) Because now I'm just like.
0: "Ah." Right.
1: Oh, this hurts me so bad.
0: Well, the one good thing that comes out of it. The Elixir got away.
1: I I figured he escaped. How much of them did they, did they just dock his arms?
0: That's what I'm hoping. We don't know.
1: What if they docked the wrong ones?
0: Then he ends up like Variks.
1: Uh, maybe he gets splicer arms. That would be cool.
0: Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm hoping is that the Eliksni actually got away because they docked his arms or something and I mean, like, this, this is rough. This was a rough one to end on, and I apologize, listeners. But I'm, I'm trying to see the, the like, silver light or silver lining, you know? Yeah. The Elixir got away.
1: Yeah. At least the Elixin got away. I mean, the poor, like, poor brother who's looking for his other brother still.
0: And is probably concussed.
1: Yeah. I mean, where is he? Right. I mean, honestly, the Reese Walker could go in either way. It could go before this one or after this one. Right. Yeah. It could. It could be like, I still haven't seen my brother. Like, don't know where he is.
0: I'm choosing to read it in the way that we actually presented it because then I have hope that the Elixir actually found his brother. Yeah. Whereas if you read it the other way around, you don't know how long after, you know, this last card, right. walker happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if it's too much time, you know things went bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm choosing. I kind
1: of like it the way we read it, so.
0: I'm choosing yeah. to to take it the way we read it. <laughs> Yeah. Because I still have that hope. Right. Oh, but man, that is that's rough. This and
1: this it was nice to get this little story. Um I like how they they linked this one story through the different lore cards. Um It was nice to kind of follow it and to see it and you I like when and seeing they do it, that. go oh well yeah like oh well I, I remember reading something like this on another lore card let me go find it like having those kind of little easter egg hunt kind of things it's it's kind of fun to have like a treasure hunt like that and to try to find like which card goes first and which one goes second and it doesn't necessarily say this card goes with this one so you have to figure it out and kind of read all of them to see which one goes with which and to remember, like, in the middle of us reading this, I had to remember like, which one in Beneath the Endless Night
0: this... um, went with
1: it because I remembered there was one I just didn't remember which and it bugged the shit out of me.
0: It, this so... this brought me back to like D1 Grimoire. Yeah. Where like, yeah, the, where like the story is on many different cards and you had to kind of piece it together. Yeah. And the fact that it was only Absolutely, on a yeah. small number, I like it. Uh-huh. Um, because yeah. that way it's not, you know, you're trying to piece nine or 12 different cards together and you're trying to figure out which one comes first, which one comes second. And like that can be stressful
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah exactly so I think um I think it's good I I like how they did this and I'm hoping they do it in the future um in future seasons
0: I hope so too
1: um I I don't like. I don't want them to go back to the way we had grimoire cards because that was infuriating and it made me not want to read lore and that's why I was not a lore person in D one. And I needed people to explain it to me and I just didn't care.
0: If it's a once in a while (laughs) thing and they keep it to a relatively small number of cards, right? You know, five or six or less. I'm good with it. Right.
1: Yeah. Because it's it's easy to find and it's easy to kind of trace and it's kept to one season and it's not like I don't have to go searching for it. Right. And it's easy because it's on Ishtar and I can just search for it, you know. Right. Like I could sit here and pick through all of the weapons because it's all right in front of me. It's not like I have to go picking through Destiny on my Xbox like while sitting on my bed. Like that sucks. Yeah. Or on an app on my phone. No. So. But if I I like that though. It it was it was nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and like I said, I mean yeah. as long as they keep it to a relatively small number and they don't do it a ton. Yeah. I'm good with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you like the story?
0: Uh so I In
1: general, l- I know it's kind of sad. So
0: I loved the first two funny entries that we did.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I really liked the the ramen shop entry and then it just got instantly mm-hmm. depressing.
1: Yeah, it did get depressing. I liked your choice for um for Drifter's story. <laughs> it's just like you said, um the the person that writes the Drifter um really knows that character really well. They they just that- they're spot on every single time they write it and uh, I feel like the, you know some characters in Destiny just feel they feel like they're, they just impart information. And then some characters feel just very real. And the Drifter is one of those characters that feels very real, kind of. It,
0: he, yeah. Like he feels like he's, he is a real person.
1: He's feeling the, the longer, the longer we have him and the more lore there that is written about him and the more we see his personality the more real he feels right and um the more i enjoy his character and the uh, i don't like i i don't like gambit but like i really enjoy him as a character <laughs> and i'm really glad they added him a couple of years ago
0: oh i agree i really
1: do enjoy him a lot um i think he he adds a lot of levity the story and I think we would have a a very different um, landscape to the story without him definitely
0: yeah no absolutely because like our relationship with certain other characters were affected because of Drifter just being Drifter um Mm-hmm. I mean they brought in Anor specifically because of Drifter. They connected the emissary, the Nine, and by extension, the Nine to Drifter. Um we've gotten interactions between him and Eris. So like he is integrating into the, the entire world. Yeah. And I'm I'm loving it. Even if I I I don't like Gambit, you know, I'll play it, but. You know,
1: I'll play it. I'm hot and cold on it. Yeah. Honestly, like, if people want to, if my clan mates want to play it, like, and it's fun running around with, like, a bunch of, like, angry (laughs) Australians. Like, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll jump in. Hey. (laughs) But we some friends, but if, I'm not going to like solo queue Gambit. I'd rather, like, I'd rather get, you know, a fork caught under my thumbnail. Oof. Yeah.
0: I agree, but oof.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it tells you how much I want to play it.
0: Ow. It, I, <laughs> I usually get dragged in kicking and screaming, and then I do very well. Yeah. And it's
1: just
0: Right. It's just that in motion there. That that initial it's that initial kick in the ass that I need in order to actually get in there.
1: hmm Yeah. That's me in raids. I need that emotional like kick in the face to like actually get me into one and then I'm like I'm okay once I'm there. Yeah. 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 Um so that's about it. Elmas, do you have any shout outs for me? Yes. Speak.
0: Um, not for you, but. Um... I know.
1: <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> for the general vicinity of the podcast.
0: <laughs> so, shout out to my clanmate, Raging Monkeys. He's the one who pointed out the Drifter lore card that we, we read tonight. Um, he cool read it and he beans. was like, oh, E, you have to read this. That's why I, I was like, oh if we just needed if we just have a topic of like elixne in in the city and you know interactions there, we need this.
1: Good call
0: <laughs> um, And then the other shout out is to my brother. my dog is like my, my parents are taking my dog down to to put her to sleep and my my brother no. my brother gave me one last video chat with her
1: I'm so sorry although like
0: she couldn't see anything she's got cataracts in both eyes and I'm not even sure she could actually hear me but still it was it was something i needed
1: i'm so sorry that's so hard ugh
0: well, and, and she was getting up there in age. I mean, she's 11 or 12, you know, and, and she's a mini pincher. They only live about 10 or 11 years, I think. So she's right up there, and she's not eating. She's running into things, falling off of things, and my Parents or my family is just worried about you know what if she hits something hard enough that causes actual damage,
1: right?
0: And she she's been too good of a dog to to be in that kind of pain. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what about oh, you?
1: That's so tough.
0: Shut up. I'm out. so sorry
1: about that. Um. <laughs> Just a lot of people lately have been like really shouty on Twitter. Stop it, please. <laughs> um, shout out to actually. Um, I'll I'll use his to protect his identity. I'll use his real name and not his his interwebs name. <laughs> Shout out to my friend, Luke. Um, He's been having a really tough time um, at work. And um, I totally feel it because I've been having a really tough time at work. I've been working way too many hours and my coworkers suck and um, make me cry like every day. Like on my way to like I dread work now. Like, going to work is just, like, it. it's one of those things when you ask yourself, like, is being an adult, like, when you drive to work, you dread it so much that it, like, the, the mere thought of it, like, makes you burst into tears? Like, is that what being an adult is? And, like, I have another friend kind of going through the same thing, so. Sorry. Like, shout out to him. So yeah, life really, um, my work life is, is rough as fuck right now. And it, it's just as rough for a friend of mine. So send good thoughts to my friend, Luke. He needs lots of um, hugs.
0: I, I know how you feel. I felt that at my old job.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of between like a rock and a hard place at work, because yeah, there's I can't really I, there's I have, I have like zero options of like what I can do. Like I can't I don't have the luxury of just being like I I'm just gonna quit. Like I can't do that. So yeah, yeah. and unfortunately I I'm so specialized that it's very hard for me to find a new job. So. Unless I completely change professions, it's, um, I'm kind of stuck where I am in like a very, very like toxic situation. It's like, it's like being in a very abusive relationship. And, uh, thankfully none of them, um, listen to or know about this podcast, so I can just say that, but yeah, um, yeah, so, um, Send send hugs to Luke and myself. Thanks. We both need it. Like a lot. <laughs> it's been like a lot of like sleepless nights and there's just a lot of crying a lot. Just so much crying. <laughs> Work hates us. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine i just one day at a time for both of us one day at a time
0: yeah
1: anyway sometimes that's that's Um, all you can do yep oh my goodness okay there are some uh, special things that we like to do at the end of our episodes so i'm gonna do that um the artwork for this episode is courtesy of volshock b on twitter thank you so much um your artwork is always really really pretty um The music for this episode is copyrighted Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. Thank you, Bungie. Uh, If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Uh, Reminders. Uh, GCX is still happening. I'm going to give that reminder because that's still happening. Um, If you're listening to this in the current times, current times gcx the lore panel is going to be june 18th and it is going to be uh it's going to be yep it's going to be june 18th and it is going to be at 10 a.m in the morning on friday so please join us if you're going to be at gcx which is virtual and apparently on a space station and i'd love to see you there we would love to see you there Almost and I will both be there on a space station. But um, yeah, the lore panel, Friday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific time, Pacific daylight time. And
0: that is officially the highest I will ever get. <laughs>
2: what? I don't even know what that means.
0: On a space station.
2: <laughs> I. Yeah, I... <laughs> You're so silly. <laughs> uh, I'm just going
1: to say it. You can find us on Twitter at Guardians underscore lore. You can find me at Hey, it's Orchid. Or you can tweet dad jokes at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. You can send us an email at Guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. Or you can leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews except Spotify. You can also join our Discord where you can talk to me about Mass Effect. Um, There's an invite in our, uh, you know what, in the description. Just join our Discord, it'll be fun. Thank you so much, I almost say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: That's the highest I will ever
1: get. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Elixir sized up the tiny man. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> oh,
1: my God.
0: Right. Misrax says we are never to eat people again, he said quietly. Drifton nodded. Yeah, Zavala tells me the same damn thing. The Elixney burst into <laughs> Oh my god. Ugh, oh, sorry.
1: I'm laughing, but I'm muted, so... <laughs> Right. <clears throat> okay. Not safe. Frixia snaps at Aisha. His eyes dripping down through his. His dripping. Oh God. <laughs>